But then you're born, very first thing you do is scream. You just let out a big sound. That's our instinct. And that was our human instinct all the way back at the beginning of man. Our voice is vibrational in nature and those vibrations move water. So the same way that any uh, sound healing tool goes into work is that a vibration moves through the cell and all the water that's in the cell moves and then changes in its form, in its form right? So our voices do the same thing. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. I have a very, very special show for you. Today, we have a dedicated guest segment for you from Marin Azoff. Now, you may have heard her show initially. She's already done one episode with us, and it was really powerful the way she brought us on through the journey of how we develop ourselves, both from the personality aspect, but really on a spiritual aspect. So whether or not you believe in chakras or if you're more anatomy, scientifically minded, and you believe in just the ganglia of nervous tissue that is there, we do have energetic centers throughout our body. And what she did was break down all of them and how they develop through our life, what ages and what it means. As a primer, this is part two of it. Marin goes into deep specifics onto why we hold on to so much of fear why we can't shift into a healthy, just feeling good in our body state. And what are the things we can do to come back to our power? She really goes through the important specifics of finding our voice. Now, you know, I talk so much about our voice and our voice is essential for allowing our authentic power, our authenticity to come to the surface. A lot of us are afraid to use our voice. A lot of us are afraid to connect to our voice. So in this episode, Marin is going to teach you some of the very specific but easy tactics on connecting back to your power, connecting back to your voice. I mean, every time I talk to her, it's really, I'm in a trance state because it's really powerful conversation. So I want you to sit back, really be intentional with this one. You're, you're going to get a lot out of it, I promise. Be intentional. You know, if you have some tea, make some tea, sit down, close your eyes and really feel this conversation because you're going to get a lot out of it. And my only hope is that you start integrating all the things that resonate with you that are true for you to really connect to yourself, connect to your power and come back to your authenticity. Now, without further ado, let us just get into this show. I can't wait for you to hear it. All right, everyone, what a special guest. If you went back in the archives, you might have seen Marin Azoff talk about the importance of your voice and finding your power and really embodiment who you are, right? The authenticity. Guess what? She's from Costa Rica, here for number two. And man, I'm excited to have this conversation because since then, she's developed a vocal transformation method. This is the method about finding yourself, finding your authenticity, embodying who you are through your voice which is everything. Even in my work, I've seen voice, voice, voice. It is everything, and I got the guru here. Marin Azov, thank you for coming here. Thank you so much, it's great to be back. Hey, listen, for those uh, viewing and watching who don't know, we just did a crazy event. Yeah. We had an event, and that was the all emotional releasing event, and, and you had people connecting to their voice and screaming and moving it out, and I've since tried a few of those methods, and I, I really love them, the, mm -hmm. the, the yelling, but, um, the, the voice has been such an important role, basically the centerpiece of all of your work. And, and, and that's what aligned us because when we met, 
my voice was more suppressed than it was now, right? Than it is now. And a lot of the methods and power is coming from some of the stuff that you've taught me. But I want to ask you, how does the voice connect to healing, first and foremost? It is as ancient as all of those tuning forks and singing bowls and all of the ways that we use vibrational, vibrational tools to heal our body. Our voice is the primary way to do that. Our voice was first. That's all I can say, right? And so I feel like this work cuts all the way back to the beginning, the voice. It's like the, the last time we talked here, I spoke about how it's the very first thing we do when well, you're born. The very first thing you do is scream. You just let out a big sound. That's our instinct. And that was our human instinct all the way back at the beginning of man. Our voice is vibrational in nature, and those vibrations move water. So the same way that any uh, sound healing tool goes into work is that a vibration moves through the cell, and all the water that's in the cell moves and then changes in its form, in its form right? So our voices do the same thing. Mm. And, and it's the most basic thing, the frequency affects our body. The yes. frequency affects the water in our body. It affects everything. Now, you mentioned instinct. Now, we have this voice and it's expressed. But I thought to myself, we've, we go through not speaking and then we have language. Is language beginning to limit our voice at an early age? Language, um, I, I always say language is what separates us because we have to understand something through a mental faculty. We have to agree on a definition of something, which I find in our society now more and more, there's less and less of that. Like we could have the exact same words spoken and I could think they're, you're saying something totally different than what you're saying, depending on our agreed definition, right? So language actually separates us. But when we work with language intentionally, it has the same ability as when you don't, when you're using just sound. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does make sense. But when we were doing our practice at the session, you kind of took away the language. Yes. And you had us make sounds that were like, I mean, it was probably my favorite part is <laughs> like the Neanderthal sounds where we were actually activating this primal part of us by stomping and making this sound. What, what, what was it doing in our body? What was it doing to us by going back there? Yeah, I always say that we communicated better before then. As a, as a human race, we communicated better because I would come from a part of my body and make the sound of how I'm feeling, right? It was less about how I'm thinking about something. It was how I'm feeling about something. So you would make a sound that it would move through the part of the body where that feeling existed. And then somebody who listens or who hears that or who's there understands it at the deepest of levels. So in my example in the, in the uh, class we did, it was like, oh. Yeah. You know, like that came from like, oh. and if you heard me from there, you'd feel it in there and you would go back, oh. you know, like it would, the conversation would happen at a very physical place. So the exercise we did was just to get our voices back into using our voices compare, um, in our body the way we feel something and being able to, to put those connectors together. Because most of us speak from how we think and then we confuse that with how we feel. Right? Our emotions in our modern, uh, very like ego-driven world, is they're really a pattern right now of thought processes that have gone on. So something stores, I have an old feeling about something, it becomes how I feel about things, but it's not necessarily how I really feel about something right now. It's a pattern. Mm. So most of our emotions that we're feeling are just memory patterns in our body. They're not even genuine emotions right now. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? 
A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid scientific research-based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. And then when we do an exercise like that where we can just go in there and first of all, it's fun, right? We, we bring back our joy. 
We bring back our ability to play, which is super important. Humans are forgetting how to play. We're forgetting that we're children and we, we want to have fun on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's getting our egos so serious and now everything is so strategized and manipulated instead of it just being joyful. So that's the first thing is like, let's get back into enjoying our bodies and our voices instead of judging them and criticizing them. And then when we do these exercises where we make sounds from within the body, we can see if we can access those places, mm -hmm. right? So much of our emotional patterning has us away from those places. Our emotions are here. Yeah. They're thought processes. Yes, they're the remnants of what we haven't processed is stored within the body, but they're being triggered from here. Once we can get into here and really feel then we can really be in our true emotional states on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Which is one of, if not the healthiest thing you could do is to connect to those emotions and be able to express yourself authentically, right? Mm -hmm. This is the authenticity piece. This is the embodiment piece. This is, this is health, right? But how and why have we become so disconnected from what's right there in the body, the things we want to express, the sounds that we want to express from what we're feeling? When does that separation happen? It's when the ego gets fully developed. So um, in, in the, according to the teachings, uh, it's between the ages of three and seven years old. It's the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And so the ego begins at second chakra, which is six months to three years. That's when we begin to feel separate from anything else in the world. When we have an understanding that like, here's my body, here's your body, there's that over there, like I'm separate from, which is an illusion. It's not true, right? The definition of ego is the illusory separate sense of self. It's, a, it's an aspect of the mind that, and our consciousness that gives us a feeling that we're separate. It gives us really great lives, right, of having like responsibility over our individual thing, but everything we do affects everything around us. We're not separate at all. So just the ego itself is an illusion. Mm -hmm. But what it is is it's a big program of stored thought patterns, and then that becomes our personality. Yeah. And then we show up with that personality fully tied and identified with it. Mm -hmm. And then when someone says something about a personality that disrupts our being, we go, uh, I don't like that. It doesn't feel good. I'm mad at you or I want to hurt you, right? So then what is the point of having an ego? Why do we even have an ego then? We've built an entire world based on hedonism. <laughs> so you, you have to have this uh, person who, who moves through to accumulate and to accomplish. And it's not all bad. Like I have, I, I'm not about slaughtering the ego. You yeah. hear a lot of spiritual For teachers sure. say like, down with the ego. Yeah. I'm all about integrating it. Like understanding why it's there, how it's formed and how to use it to work for your highest self. Because the ego is really working for you, for us, right? It wants us to be the most liked. It wants us to be the smartest in the room. It wants us to be the best looking and the most successful and the richest and whatever it is that it wants to do. And why does it want to do that? Because it knows the greatness. And it wants us to be that. But in this three to seven year old development, it's when we're very vulnerable, right? And it's when we're like first going to school and we're first learning about who we are based on the images of everyone around us and like the projections really. And we decide what we agree with and don't. But most of the time, these first time experiences we just take as that's who we are. Oh, I see. So whatever those experiences are, we now have an identity around, like this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, across the board, I've been doing this work for a very long time. When we go into that area, 
it's like, oh, that's when you decided that you were the non-popular one, that you were the outcast or that you weren't the athletic one or you weren't the, the best singer or whatever it is. It was something that came up where you were rejected or you were told by your teacher or by a friend group or by even your parents or whatever at that time that you're not that. And then you just agree that that's true. So then the ego, which agrees with that, actually prevents us from becoming good at it. It just identifies and says, this is what I am. So if I'm not good at this, okay, I'll go do that. But meanwhile, if your ego said, wait, that time might have not been our best time, but we're going to do it again, you certainly could have become great at it because humans can become great at anything their heart is in, their mind is in, and their body is in. Like whatever we put our congruent energy towards, we will accomplish. That's, we are gods on earth. You know, this might not be a popular thing to say for you know, people who are <laughs> yeah. um, thinking that God is outside of themselves, but we are the fingers of God. We are the children of God. We are God. We are the moving, creative life force energy. Mm -hmm. And so we have been given the power of that, and it starts with the voice. Wow. And, and to think about something that has become so diluted through life, our voice, right? Something, as you said, our first, and every time we talk, it's this visual I see of a baby coming out and just exploding instinctually with its voice that I'm here, check me out world, new life is here, I'm about to do some stuff. And then over time, it just becomes so constricted, 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 and limited, and more language, and maybe someone doesn't understand, so I'll change my language like this and like this. And we lose that power and 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 the voice and, and the full expression and really, like you said, the alignment of mind, body, soul, and expressing ourselves who we are. So when it comes to the voice, for people who didn't hear the first one, what is the role of voice in this experience? Why is voice so important? Why don't I just not say anything, do a silent treatment for 20 years and sit on a mountain? And can I do, can I become an enlightened being like that too? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. You can become an enlightened being through abstaining from all of life, right? And uh, moving into like a completely inner channel and silence. I say the vocal transformation method is a way of using your voice to get to that place. Mm. And the reason why the voice would be important is because it is the deepest drive for us to be heard, for us to be seen, and for us to create something while we're here, right? So it takes a very advanced soul. And there are, there are those who are birthed on the planet already ready for their enlightenment. But there are not that many of us on here that are. And a lot of people who are going for that goal, who are even close, still won't make it. Because to ultimately get to enlightenment, it's a, that is the dissolution of ego. Yeah. So we have to have been born in a state where we are ready to not create anything here. We're ready to dissolve that portion of ourselves, awaken, and then go, right? But most of us really feel a purpose and a drive to being here. Like we want to do something while we're here. So that whole feeling is an act of ego. That feeling that I have to do something and accomplish something, that's all ego. And the vast majority of us can agree we're there. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to like say, get rid of your ego. Instead, I'm going to say, let's understand it. Let's enlist it. Let's empower it to work for the soul, for that purpose. Like, what are you here to do? Mm -hmm. Right. And that drive in us to be heard, to be like, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. That's a natural drive of our consciousness. So what are you doing here? Why are you on this earth? What is your mission? What is your message? What is it you want to put out? When you talked before about the voice being stifled, yeah. 
The issue with that is that when we are stifled, we want to stifle other, period. And that's the world we're living in right now. I say things that offend people all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you knew my heart and who I am, you could never take offense to me. Mm -hmm. I love everyone and everything, right? Mm -hmm. But because others have been stifled, if I say something that they're not allowed to say, I am the villain for saying it. And this is the conversation that we're all having with each other. Like, you say something I don't agree with, I don't like you. You're not my friend. Like, we can't do this. Like, you're not allowed to have your vantage point. You're, you, mine is the one that needs to be validated. Or if mine's not validated, yours can't be validated. There's just, if that's the ego game that we're playing now. And we can get beyond this. We really can. <laughs> and it really comes down to being able to express yourself authentically. So in Buddhism, there is a whole precept around confession. And confession, not in the going to a priest and like right. saying you're sinning and getting permission or forgiveness or permission to do something. We don't need any of that. We have all that. We are all that, right? It's the ability to speak your truth at all times and to be heard by they say a sangha or a teacher or a spiritual friend, right? Who can just hear all of it mm. and will not take it personally. There's no ego listening. There's a heart listening, right? And when you have that kind of an interaction and you know that you can get out, you know, it could be like, I hate you so much right now, Dr. G, you know? Like, and you would not be like, well, Marin, get off my show, right? You would instead say, okay, well, what, what do you hate about me? Yeah. Like, what is it? then I can speak that out and get to the truth, which is I love you. Right. I don't hate you. You can't hate someone unless you love them. That's an interesting fact too, wow. right? Hate is so strong that you couldn't actually hate someone unless your feelings for them are quite significant, mm -hmm. which would match love if it wasn't in pain, if it instead was in like realization, mm -hmm. right? So the idea that you really like have someone who doesn't have any of that blockage would allow me to actually clean that out and when I hear it out loud, the chances are really good that I would say, I don't, I don't hate you. Hate you. Like you're, it's not really how I feel, but oh God, I had to get that out of my system while my ego was like toying with that and creating all sorts of scenarios of why, why I should not like you, why I should not like yeah. you. And then once I say it, it'd be like, oh, that's actually not true. Thank you so much for hearing that. Like you, you took that. Thank you. You're amazing. I love you. Right. It would just change. So it's really about what's festering, which is the work that we were doing, yeah. right? Like, what are we not allowed to get out? Because once we get it out, there's room for something different. Mm. But if we don't get it out, it stays the same. It doesn't go anywhere. And we've been talking to therapists for years, right? Our, our response to that in our modern world is go sit on a couch and speak to a therapist. And I'm all for that. I'm not trying to be, you know, say, don't go see a therapist. But there is a somatic aspect to the voice, right? And so, firstly, if you're not using your voice correctly and you're only using the voice from the head, then that's all you're continuously doing. When you sit down with a therapist and you tell them your problems, but you're not actually somatically releasing the voice like we just talked about with the Neanderthals, then you're just reiterating a story again and again and again, and there's no way out. It just repeats itself and mires itself deeper into your brain matter. You can cope with it. You can deal with it. You could say, okay, yeah, that's... That happened, and now the more I'm telling the story, the more I'm getting used to the fact that that happened. So I guess it doesn't hurt me as much when I think about it. But the memory is still sitting in your flesh, and we can get it out, like out. It doesn't have to be there anymore. And then you don't have that story to hold on to anymore, which there is where the ego mm -hmm. doesn't like that. 
The ego wants the survivor story. The ego wants like, look what I've come through. Look what I've accomplished. I was beaten. I was the victim. I was this. And now, and now I've come through it. And, and, but what happens when you come through it? Can you be the hero? Or are you the victim still that's acting as the hero? Like what happens when you actually get rid of that whole story? And this is a big challenge for our whole society right now. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in our past that we need to overcome and just get out and start now, like love each other again. Mm. And we can do it, but it, there's a lot that needs to be said. Yeah, <laughs> big steps. time, big time. I really resonate with the aspect for therapy because sometimes I'll see clients and they'll be like, I've seen a therapist for like three years and I still feel the same, right? Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you said. It's the ruminating and revalidating and just understanding better. Now, oh, that's when it happens. Now I finally think I'll feel better. But you're just still in that circle, that cycle of, okay, well, this happened. I understand it better, but I don't know if I feel better, right? Because as you mentioned, there's the somatic aspect. Yeah, and so it's deeper than that even. You're still going to be creating those scenarios in your life, Yeah. right? We're, we are reliving the patterns of our parents, of their parents, of their parents, all through the epigenetic line. So yes, that happened. I was abused when I was younger. Or yes, that happened. You see this a lot. The one who's abandoned becomes the abandoner, right? Mm -hmm. So I can know, okay, I was abandoned. I don't want to abandon anybody. But when someone brings me in true intimacy, I'm going to abandon, right? Even though I know the story, even though my therapist and I have agreed, like, okay, I have an abandonment issue, right? It doesn't change the fact that when we are in an intimate, loving environment, my body is going to go like, get away. And I'm going to go cry about that. Like, oh, God, I have love and I can't have love. And it's because of them what they did to me, you know. So we live those cycles over and over again until they're out of our body, until they're out of our nervous system. It's like out of the flesh. And that's where the voice comes in. Mm. So what power does the voice have to move that stuff from the nervous system in the flesh? Does it come out with the voice? Does the voice activate some sort of shift in the nervous system? What happens? It starts with the breath. The proper breathing that's required to use your voice in its full capacity stabilizes the vagus nerve, mm. right? So we put ourselves into a, a non-stress environment just in, in within our own body. Even if we're in stress, we can breathe and hold. So the muscles we need to create the fully vibrational voice are actually grounding muscles. So just by that alone, we ground. We become, we're in the flesh, we ground. And now from a container that's grounded, we could see what's murky, what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the vibration that we create, which is through the central nervous system channel, through the muscles that are required to support the tone, we become the singing bowl, right? And then from the inside out, we're pushing that memory out of the body. It moves out there beyond the flesh, right? It's moving, which is all connected. But guess what? The earth, she can handle it because mm. she's the reason why you have it to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> all of our issues, all of our problems, everything we have, that is what it means to be on the earth. We don't have those things when we don't have the flesh, right? And it's even deeper than anything we individually have experienced. Think about the centuries, the generations. Think about what life this planet has on it right? That we're a part of. We are, we are earth. <laughs> and then when you let that go, this is what we talked about during the class too, that we did, she'll take it back, like really, and she'll recycle it as compost. She'll like put it in 
and she'll take it back and then she'll bring another life up with it. And it's actually healthy. She wants you to release it. She doesn't want you to hold on to it, right? She wants you to give it back to her. And if you don't give it back to her now, when you die, you're going to give it all back to her and yeah. she's going to take it then, mm -hmm. right? But you have a chance at life right now if you just give it back to her now. You have more life to live. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be at the end of this whole journey, right? So you ground the breath in, you're in the body, you use the proper muscles, and now you have a vibrational tool that moves out and just gives it all back, and she takes it away. And now within the container of where that lived, there's room. And typically what comes into space is light, hmm. not shadow not darkness, mm. right? Typically what will, f what the, the feeling of opening that will be consciousness, a new consciousness. And consciousness is sun power, it's light. Mm. Right? Activated when we're moving our belly, opening, expanding, dropping the diaphragm fully. Most of us don't learn, know, or even remember how to breathe. Right. What, what, what the heck happens that we're kids and our bellies are out and we're just breathing so seamlessly, so gracefully, I see a kid and I'm like, man, this kid is just like a perfectly well-oiled machine, conscious. conscious machine. And what happens where all of a sudden we stop breathing? Because I find myself driving sometimes and I'm like, oh, did I breathe the past minute? What happens in our body where we just forget how to do something so simple and rudimentary as breathing? It could be as simple as um, missing your mother in a department store for 10 minutes and not knowing where she is and being scared. This is during that like three to three to seven year old period. It could be going across the street and your parents being like, "Don't do that!" Grabbing your hand, <laughs> right? Or it could be you know being bullied in school when you first go in, like finding out that you're not the cool kid. You're the one that gets your lunch money stolen. It could be losing a family member during that time of your life, like feeling grief and sadness during that time. But what happens is a contraction of the diaphragm. Right, so what happens is a <gasps> moment, right? We've all had it. I know a lot of kids, you see them cry and they like, I can't catch their breath, I can't, my, uh. right? That's it. Yeah. That's when that's happening. And depending on how deep that goes, it will lock that diaphragm in place. So because that pain or that feeling is so uncomfortable, whatever it is we're going through, the heart's racing, the coping mechanisms are trying to figure out what's going on and you're too young, to really know what that is that was happening and you're just trying to like stabilize this like heart that's beating and the blood that's pumping and the breath you can't catch and all that and you just want to get back to normal. The diaphragm locks and then you can no longer drop in. And if you look at it at a like respiration, respiriting level, your spirit no longer wants to embody the whole flesh. Right? I mean, it wants to at a spiritual level, but the ego, which is the solar plexus here, right, that locks, is now going to send everything to the head. And your head is now going to take care of everything because the ego doesn't want you to feel that ever again. Yeah. So now the breath doesn't move down and go in, and like the instincts aren't there and the groundedness isn't there. Instead, what's there is the upper breath that feeds the head. And now everything is moving through the mind faculty. Mm. Which works really well for us when we're in that age because we're in school, we're learning. So that breath is a good breath. That means that I can like read books and take in a lot of information and I could pass tests and I can do all of those things. So the way we've set up our, our system, nobody's noticing that, you know, <laughs> nobody's noticing that like, oh, their breath isn't going down there anymore. They're, something happened to them. They're just like, great, like they're up here. They're getting all that stuff done. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And what they're closing in on themselves, like as children, we close. And I always say that during this time of our development, it is so important that our parents are vetting us, which is a very hard thing in a busy world to do. Like, what happened in school today? What happened first period, second period, third period, fourth period? Did anybody talk to you? Or like, did you feel any way you haven't felt before? Like, these are things that even as children, we don't want our parents to do. Like, we're like, leave us alone. But, or and, with that power of confession, right? If, if we don't, those feelings get stuck and they start to become our personality mm. and the way we navigate and strategize ourselves. And so if this is all stuck in here, now this, the third chakra and the sixth chakra are talking to each other, right? This is the direct conversation through our system, our chakra system. So this is the seat of the ego and this is our thought capacity, like our mental consciousness. And so you see it in insecurity, like the shoulders drop and the head comes forward mm -hmm. and the child is protecting something here hiding and what it's hiding what they're hiding is this like their loving centered confident self right they're hiding and this becomes the the, the guide like the head mm -hmm. of everything i'm gonna take care of us don't worry he's not gonna pick on you anymore you're gonna hide you're gonna figure out your way through this i know this is excruciating but i got you mm -hmm. right so the work is really to get into the solar plexus and to open it back up and come back to confidence, come back to a fully upright position where all the three human brains, the gut brain, the heart brain, and the head, right? All three of our brains are functioning together congruently. And this is the voice work is the congruency of this because it's har it's harmony, right? We're all in like discordance yeah. with ourselves and each other. We're maybe using this head more than we're using this head. Maybe we don't even pay attention to this at all, right? And maybe we only focus on these two. There's, there's a piece of us that is not in its alignment, right? And when we use our voice and we use it properly, we breathe the diaphragm down, which completely connects the three brains. Mm. It's just doing it. Right now, all three of these brains are functioning together. And then when we use the muscles and we get the voice to come out, those three brains that are creating this voice are moving congruently. You know, when it comes to overall health, the little daily habits can make a huge difference. Take flossing, for example. Seems like such a minor thing, right? But taking good care of your teeth and gums does way more than just prevent cavities and bad breath. Emerging research shows that it can actually support whole body health, and may even prevent cognitive decline as you age. That's wild, right? That's why I'm really excited to tell you about this awesome company called Slate and their game-changing 3-in-1 electric flosser. It's the only product out there that flosses your teeth, massages your gums, and even scrapes your tongue to remove bacteria to promote fresher breath. I've been using the Slate flosser for about a month now, and I'm hooked. Unlike regular floss picks that you have to jam into your mouth, this electric flosser does all the work for you with 12,000 sonic vibrations per minute, really cleaning out them gums. The innovative gum sweeps give your gums a gentle massage to increase circulation too. And let's not forget the built-in tongue scraper to help zap bad breath at the source. So to start one of the easiest and healthiest daily habits with the Slate Electric Flosser, Go to slateflosser.com and use the code DRG to get 10% off of your very own flosser. That's 10% off of your easy-to-use Slate Electric Flosser at slateflosser.com slash DRG, S-L-A-T-E-F-L-O-S-S-E-R.com, and the code is DRG. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. 
But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been opened and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. This is what creates the world. Mm -hmm. Our voice congruently moving manifests into reality. Mm. We create reality with our voice. So we could be creating this reality. We could be creating this reality or we could just be creating this reality, right? You, you know them. They're the animals. They're the ones who are like out for blood. These are the ones that are only like seepy and lovey all the time and not logical at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and these are the ones that are always in their head. They're so brilliantly smart, but they can't have relationships, but they can know all of the quantum physics of the planet or they right. can know all the things, but they can't like be intimate or relate, right? We know that there's those three different ways we can be, but what if we were all three? Mm -hmm. In balance, in like harmony. Balance. Like you said, in harmony. You know, it's interesting to hear that because uh, I am familiar with the people who are so in their heart um, and their their missions are beautiful, but they tend to be like terrible business people. Right, exactly. Right, because they, they have <laughs> they no want. none of the head logic, right? right. And, but, but seeing that balance in, in people, I'm like, wow, they're in their heart. They're really logical. They can explain things to like, you know, my cerebral brain. But, but the, the but down in the solar plexus, that animalistic one that you said, this is the one that's more of a mystery to me. So, so people who are not in the heart brain, the brain brain, but are living in the solar plexus ego brain, how does that manifest? How does that look in a person that is almost strictly there? So yeah, the, the gut brain that I'm talking about is not necessarily the solar plexus ego brain because that's this is kind of like the bridge to this brain, right? right? Um, the gut is the animal. It's the one who's like the violent, the fighter. It's really very survivalist. Right. Their okay. lives are very survivalist. If it's I go to physical. a penitentiary or something like that. Yeah. And there are probably people in penitentiaries who don't fit into that category either. Right. But yes, people who are the one, the, yeah, the gangs and the tribal and the way that like it's, it's blood for blood. I see. Right. That would be our animal self. Also, I would say like sex addicts. Mm. people who are really into like the visceral physical pleasure. I right? see, They're I see, functioning I see. at that like deeper gut level. The ego is a little different. The ego is how we're going to take all that information <laughs> and then we're going to move it into the heart or the head. If the ego is 
is good, I don't want to say good, if it's like strong in a healthy way, it's going to be the gateway that gets us into our heart, yeah. which then leads us into our head, right? So as a human, we are heart-centered. That's our design. It's the largest surface area of the body. This is the largest resonator of the voice. That's not a coincidence either. And it's right here is where we want to function from. Three chakras below, three chakras above. It comes in and this is our center of gravity. This chakra is taking this to itself and this to itself. Uh, so when we function through our heart center in a balanced way where it's all balanced, this is filtering all three of the brains through itself. Mm. And that's a beautiful thing. It's not separate. It's connected. But when the ego, when the solar plexus is diminished, would be the word, right? When it's like recessive, when it's insecure, when it's full of shame, when it's full of guilt, self-doubt, uh, when it's locked in a past that it, it, it regrets, it's full of regret, you know, that feeling of like, I'm just unworthy and not good enough. That's a diminished ego. It's still an ego. It's just an ego that is moving towards negative versus an ego that thinks, I'm the greatest thing that ever lived. Look how hot I am. I've got all the girls or whatever, right? So it's um, same opposite sides of the same coin. But when the ego is diminished, that's when this thing happens, mm -hmm. right? Love, don't even dream of it, right? It's all about like coping and dealing with and, 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 and strategizing my life so that I can just be in the least pain. Like, just don't torture me, right? It's a very victim place to be, right? So what we want the solar plexus to be is open, strong, and supporting. And these muscles are the muscles that project the voice forward. So if we don't have a strong center, a strong solar plexus, we can't get voices out there, like loud out there in front right? We'll hear that someone will talk like really quietly in here, right? Right. They come in. And it's almost like when you listen to them speak, you have to like lean into them, right? Right. It's a vacuum effect. So when we get these muscles moving correctly, then the voice comes out. And now we go into the world and then the world gets us. We get, we offer ourselves to the world. And then we, most of those people notice that the world comes back too. Yeah. Yeah, right? for sure. You attract it. You, you, you begin radiating more and pulling people in. So, so, to, for me to understand that the solar plexus is the seat of the ego that you said, and it is right on the upper part of our belly. Yes, it's where the two, where the rib cage comes together between the belly button and where those those rib cages meet. Ah, I see. Okay, uh, and the seat of the ego, but it can be diminished. And these are the people who are are in the shame and the guilt. I'm not good enough, not worthy, insecure, and it tends to have a manifestation where that part of the belly is like kind of pulled in and the heart is like leaning over like the poor, like I, I, it's, I think of like cell phone posture, like kind of just your head leading forward. And that's the, that's a manifestation of that in, in, in the physical that we see. But, but how about the people who are on the other side of the coin, the Kanye West of the world? Yeah. So they'll look differently in physicality. They'll look like they're upright. This will be just as tight and just as in. It'll be like a sucking in, but instead it'll puff up the chest, mm. right? And it's kind of like that up nose in the air, like, aren't I? I'm amazing. Like, I don't even see you guys down there. I'm so great. Like, aren't I the shit, oh, right? And so that's also ego, but it's inflation. Okay. And that's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Most people who feel that way are really running away from a deeper feeling of insecurity. Mm. A confident person doesn't need any of that. A confident person is comfortable in their own skin. 
Their body, their shoulders are grounded. They're open. Their posture is open to give and receive equilaterally. Um, their breath is in the body. They're fully embodied, right? And they're good as they are. They're not trying to prove anything. Both of those other sides of the coin are trying to prove something, even though one might not know how to get it out there, right? They may be in here. The other one is out there. So it's just, it's either excessive or recessive, depending on how, how your ego responds. And a lot of that is hereditary. Mm. We, if from just genetically based or seeing our, our loved ones, our, our family? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Genetics definitely will play a role, but it could be like your favorite television or your favorite rock star celebrity. Like, you know, you're like, I'm not good enough, but that's what I want to be. And then this whole personality comes out and it's like, okay, I'm just going to be like that. Ah, right? I see. And then it all, it's just all an act of falsity, no authenticity to it. I, I love the, the part that you said about a confident person. How, how else are they expressing the person who is not hyper-inflating or recessing? The person who is just, I, I, I like hearing more about this. How does that confident person present? Comfortable in their own skin. The That's all that piece. I can say. That's my definition of confidence. It's someone who's comfortable in their own skin, who doesn't need to be better than anybody else who's striving to be their best, but still is not hard on themselves around whether or not they're amazing at something in this moment. It's like, I show up fully available to life. I give my all just because I'm alive, right? Just because like I wanna be me, the best me I can be at all times. So it's someone who knows their greatest strengths and their weaknesses, is very honest, super honest about who they are, and doesn't not do something because they're not good at it, does it and gets better at it, right? Doesn't like hide from all the parts of who they are. And what I love about confidence and why the solar plexus to me, I told you before, like I am, this is a hot topic for me right now because we are, as a human race, we are moving out of solar plexus into heart chakra, like in our evolution. This is how I see it. The egos that are so strong right now that are just focused on identity, identity, identity. That's the ego game, identity. Like me, mine, I, who am I? Identity, right? We're, it's getting so hot on this planet in general. Like think about like global warming and all that. That's solar, that's fire, that's all ego. It's all about to burn up to get us to love. Mm. Which is the next stage of That's where we're moving. Stage. Now, is that an inevitable stage or do we have to do a whole bunch of stuff as a human race first? I hope it's inevitable. Okay. That. My, my, my spirit and my soul hopes it's really going to happen no matter what. But what I will say as my plea to humans and confidence, I'm not forgetting your question, but my plea to humans is you are the one who's going to do it. Just do it. <laughs> and the more of us that do it, the quicker that's going to happen. Right, So if it's inevitable, it might be the last moment where finally consciousness says, okay, let's let him off the hook. Right? Mm -hmm. But why do we have to get to all that pain when it's, that, it's really kind of simple? It is right. very easy. And it is the ego. It's so simple that the ego won't let it happen. Whole mm -hmm. other conversation. But I want to go back to confidence because confidence is primordial. We're born confident. That's why the scream is the loudest thing we've ever done when we first come in. It's, it's our birthright. We were given the body. We were given the consciousness. We're supposed to be here. We have a right to our lives. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. It's just the nature of reality, right? 
Our parents could have made us feel unloved or unworthy. Our friend groups could have rejected us. Our bosses might have told us that we're horrible. Like whatever our stories might be, that anybody outside of ourself tells us that we shouldn't be who we are, all of that is projection. You were given the life. Like God, creator, whatever you want to call that consciousness, earth, they came together and said, you belong here. Every one of us has that because we are here. Like we can't even argue that. We're here. There's no mistake. I am earth. I am spirit. And so are you and everybody who's watching. Right? So if we can reclaim that confidence, they, we can go back to curiosity, to understanding like what is it that, what is it that I can do here? And what, does my, what do my brains tell me I want to do here? Like what does my heart and my gut and my soul and my intelligence, like what does all of that want to do? Mm. And then to say, let's do it. Not I can't do it. Like let's do it. What are all the steps it takes to get there? Let's start taking them, right? Mm -hmm. So a confident person, and this is my favorite aspect of confidence, inspires. There's no competition in, in confidence. There's no like, that job is mine and it can't be yours, right? If it's meant to be yours, please have it. Yeah. My job is waiting for me. I'm going to find it, right? Yeah. And the idea that if you are this confident, if you are this comfortable in your own skin, if you are in love with yourself in the best way possible, then when you see others, you only want them to feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Like a truly confident person knows how good it feels to be alive and only wants everyone else to have that feeling. Because right. it feels good. And because all humans have it as part of our birthright. Like, enjoy the time you have here. It's not very long. It might feel like 100 years if you're lucky is long. It's not very long. It goes like that. And every moment is like precious and golden and beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I, and you feel that time going by way faster as you're getting older. But that confidence is so better defined in that part right there, right? Then then just like walking around and quote unquote knowing who you are, like this is a better understanding of, you know, being in your skin, inspiring others, right? Being okay without competition. That's like a big part of it is like, I meet some, some people, I'm like, it's a very confident person. And then I feel how competitive they are. Mm -hmm. And I see the competition and it's like, oh, okay, okay. You still got a little bit of that hyper, solar plexus ego stuff going on you Our know whole society is Our built whole society on it. yeah you know i think i actually really think you're right about this i, I do because i see uh, it's it's usually people who are in that hyper confidence or hyper egoic solar plexus confidence or recessive there's just people who don't think they're good enough and people who think they're too good it's really hard to find the people who are like i'm good with myself mm -hmm. period you know and i'm good with you too period. We're wow. out there, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I'm hopefully making my way towards a, towards that. So how do we know if our solar plexus is blocked up aside from just like those traits like, okay, I actually identify with the hyper or the, or the recessive. Is there a physical, you said tight before, is it, does it manifest as really tight? It's a, it's a locked diaphragm. So when the diaphragm can't go down and drop in, like the, the breath is our, by our design, diaphragm presses down the entire gastrointestinal system and creates an opening at the base where the bottom quarter of the lung can actually fill in the air first. So our breath is designed to move from the bottom of the lung to the top. If the diaphragm is locked, it's going to go top. 
right? So if we're breathing up, we've been programmed to do that. We've been somewhere along the line triggered would be the word I would use. Like we're triggered into that breath at some point and then we just stay there. And so if your diaphragm isn't dropping, everyone can try it at home if they want to, to breathe down and get it in, right? If your belly doesn't come out comfortably and your waist doesn't come out comfortably, then there's some work to be done in this area. There's something that's like tight and holding and we're not meant to hold. Like what you just said with the competition, there's no competition in a fully open solar plexus because that sense of ego is diminished, right? And ego is always like me and you. There's a separation. When a confident person is born, like when someone is confident and that ego is, and that uh, solar plexus is open, I don't see a difference. Like my success is your success. Your success is my success. Like, and the natural thing is let's do it together, right? So the ego, which is the illusory separate sense of self, is always thinking for self. But when you actually get that open, yes, of course, you still have to take your showers, bathe, maintain your physical self, maintain your own life and all that. But there's a natural propensity to say, and can I help you as well? And is there some way that I could be of service? And can we do this together? Mm-hmm. Like I love working with people. Right. I couldn't imagine doing my work alone. Right. I love my, not only my team, but like everyone that I come across, <laughs> Like we're in this together, yeah. right? There, there's no... Me, 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 right? And so that's the thing to look at. These days, these days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water or kombucha or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic, ceremonial-grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth-degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century-old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. How much of your life do you spend thinking of yourself? Mm. That's the first place to look. Whether you're saying, I'm wonderful, I'm amazing, or whether you're saying, Uh, I'm horrible and nobody's ever going to love me. Whichever direction that conversation goes, how much of your time is focused on you, right? That's a good sign to check where your ego is, right? Instead of thinking about your contribution to the world, thinking about others, thinking about what's happening next, where are we going, what's the dream, what's the vision, what are we doing, right? If you spend time just thinking about what isn't good enough, what needs to be better, uh, your own like vision, vision for self, self, self all the time, 
then there's some work at the solar plexus for you. Mm. And it's not just, hey, let's sit down and talk about how much you talk about yourself or how much you think about yourself, whether positive or negative. It's more somatic in the flesh working with the solar plexus to really open that up. So you're saying that ego, the more we expand our breath, unlock that diaphragm through proper breathing, proper vocalization, you got the technique out there, proper vocalization, that's going to naturally diminish our egoic sense of self because we're just breathing better? Because you're awakening the body's intelligence. Mm. And that's what the breath does. Yes, the breath and the voice. And the voice. It opens up the body's intelligence. It reconnects the, the conversation, like the mycelium, right? Mm. It opens up the, the natural conversation of the body and our body is the most intelligent aspect of us mm. while we're on the planet. Yeah. We have incredible intelligence that comes in from the cosmic. Like human beings literally bring in intelligence from beyond the earth to the earth. That's what we do, right? We're incredible beings. But we do that for the earth. We bring that intelligence into a body so that the body can have that intelligence. And that intelligence now goes into co-creation of a planet. That's how incredible we are. But the the breath, which then connects in, and then the voice is, is a regenerative thing. It's like you're literally bringing all of the blood vessels, all the nervous system, everything back into its natural alignment. Mm -hmm. And then the body's intelligence takes over. Mm. I cannot express enough <laughs> how incredible it is to continually learn more about what we're capable of, like what our body can do. Yeah. We think and think and think and think and think and think. But when we wake up the physical intelligence, when the spirit gets all the way in the body from the proper breath, when the voice is activated and we're vibrating this incredible frequency and everything's waking up, I don't want to be in here. Right. I want to be in here. Like, this is awesome. My physical body feels so much better. My, my, I'm going to say athleticism, but like my, my ability to move, my ability to be in the flesh, the way that my skin feels, the way my nervous system works, my orgasms, like everything is alive. And that's where we want to be alive, not in some like concept. Because we're out of our head. Here. Yeah. We want to be in the flesh. Yeah. Embodied. Embodied. Unbelievable. So it's, it's, it's funny, and this is just grabs a piece of what you said. There's a lot of people, women especially, who said, I've never had an orgasm. Yes. I never had an orgasm in my life. Or, or I've had maybe a few, but I just haven't had it in years. Is there something connected with this work that we're talking about here in orgasms? What's happening? I'm so glad you asked that question. Yeah. I don't know if that's a vocal cord. <laughs> this is what the vocal cords look like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we all can agree what that looks like, right? That looks like a vagina. Mm -hmm. So the human voice, both male and female, I always say that women have two vaginas and men have one. But if we ask ourselves what a vagina is, it's a portal. It's a portal for birth, right? But not always. Like we don't just have a vagina to give birth to a baby. We also have incredible orgasmic energy that moves through that portal. Getting your full voice activated is the same feeling. Mm. The other way, right? But it opens up to orgasm. So when a woman orgasms in a full, full body, like full-fledged orgasm, there's a, there's a couple of different kind of ways that we can 
have our orgasms, but a real orgasm, like a full orgasm, the vaginal opening widens. And the throat, the, vo the vocal cords will do the same. This whole chakra will open with it. And you get this incredible full body opening where cosmic consciousness moves through the body. This not only is for the woman, it's for the man as well, right? So the reason why sex is medicine, like incredible medicine, is this opening of cosmic conversation that goes on. The earth body and the cosmic intelligence is flooding the earth, right? It's like, and so the throat has to open for that. And so does the vaginal opening, the cervical opening of a woman. They both have to expand right? So speaking voice-wise, it's the same idea. If you have that kind of orgasm, chances are really good your voice will go crazy, like loud sounds. You won't be able to hold it back. It would be impossible. You'll probably end up laughing and crying and shaking, right? A full-body orgasm just wipes out anything that's like sitting inside of your cells. That's the cosmic energy flooding the system, right? Mm. So we can use our voices the opposite way, Breathe in, use all those muscles, open up that vagina, men and women can do this, and move it through that portal as our orgasm offering it back, right? And when it's free, like when you're using the full body complex of the voice, it feels like that kind of freedom, like that kind of full release mm. of everything. And afterwards, you could feel like you have an orgasm. When I do the primal work, People often afterwards are like, that's better. The, be the remnants of the feeling is better than a lot of sex that they've had because mm -hmm. most people aren't having great sex, which is so unfortunate. What kind of sex are we having? <laughs> now that leads me to right there. I want to I know what kind of sex, what, what, what is great sex now? What are we missing? We're missing the spirit. We're missing spirit from sex. Mm -hmm. It's just purely physical, Animal. animalistic. Yeah. This could be a whole other conversation, but the drive, the sex drive that's coming from the... Um, the shadow or that's coming from the, the primal animal is mostly pent up stored energy inside the second chakra. So what we're holding on to, it's a lot of old wound, right? And that's another reason why we need like fetishes. We need fantasy. We need things to like pull out that drive. It's not the natural flow of our sex drive. It's mostly from abuse uh, and from, from emotional uh, aspects that have not been processed that are still stuck in the second chakra. And when they begin to rear their ugly head, the penis gets erect mm -hmm. or the urge for a woman to like have to release that comes, right? And it's really just being used as like a release of what is sitting inside of us when really sex is an opening to allow everything through. I see. Right. So we, we have an animal approach to it which is, I have an urge and I gotta get it out. Right. And then there's another approach, which is two souls who are coming together to commune those like incredible amounts of intelligence. And chakras are aligned and everything's open and breath is joining and we're listening to one another, we're feeling one another. We're in this like 100%, not in fantasy land, not imagining someone I'm more attracted to or them in a position I'd rather them be in. Right. Or, like none of that escapist. I'm 100% with my partner in breath, in spirit, in body, and then we feel our way to those openings. That's beautiful. That's what we're missing That's in we're this missing. world. If we got them, solar plexus would be wide open and we would have none of these issues. Wow, but, but, but we ain't even having good sex out here then. Everyone needs to be having better sex. <laughs> wow. Sure.
Yeah, I mean, if, if a woman feels fully loved, she'll give absolutely everything to her man. Mm -hmm. If a man feels fully loved, he'll feel like the king of his castle. He won't need to prove anything to anybody. That union is so divine. It doesn't have to be man or female, I realize. Like everyone's identifying how they're identifying. Right. So I realize that it's like how it, how it is where two partners are fully in union. Two partners fully in union, right? Will fill the other with so much pure love energy that the vast majority of our issues on this planet would probably go away. Mm. And that's what we're missing. So much of us. It's and like, we want it, right? Sex, sex, sex. We right. want it. Everyone wants to get laid, right? But what they really want is not what they're getting, even when they get laid. Right. Because that's why there's always feels like there's something missing or it feels, even in sex addiction, it feels like there's there's a hole in you, right? There's there's Because there, we seek something more. I actually believe that that urge, like we had that primal urge to get it out, but underlying that is like union. And like you said, that cosmic intelligence flowing, I think that's so deeply encoded in us that we we all have the urge to come back together and, and experience that non-separatism. That energy is what makes a baby. Yeah. Yes, we can have babies in a different energy. And then we see how much of like, you need to come to a vocal transformation method and like heal. Right. Right. All this healing that we have to go through is the fact that we're not coming together in that perfect union. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the cosmic or consciousness has it where we can conceive a child under all sorts of circumstances, but new life is coming to heal the last generation. Yeah. So if it's coming through a wounded womb, it's coming to heal that wound. Wow. Right? That's its job. But if it comes through a healed womb with partners who are mutually in love with each other, who are who are there with each other and who are fully in that conversation, can you imagine? what that child will come to do to the world? Yeah, I had a, I had a, a guy come in here, he was, his name's Chris, and he did a podcast with me and he spoke about the two uh, parents. He, his, his approach was something about lifetime accumulated stress. And it was more um, my musculoskeletal manipulation and movement and things like that. But he said it's a free child, a free child who is fully open, not, He's not taking anything from the mom or dad. It's not encoded within him or her. They're, and these are the children where people in the streets stop and look and they're like, oh, wow, there's something about that kid. Mm -hmm. It's like that energy of a free child. Um, and how many of us are free children? How many of which are still taking that generational stuff mm -hmm. because our, our, our parents didn't go through that? But now future parents or even parents now, this is now our responsibility to this let it go. This is the time. This is the time. This is like literally today is the time. Right now. So, and you could do it right now if you're ready. The, the Buddha has a great line where he says, children cannot be enlightened because they're innocent in nature. Right there, There's a naivete to a child. Enlightenment comes from becoming an adult and choosing to look at the world through the eyes of a child. Mm. Whoa. So That's we terrible. need this inner child work that you're so serious about. It's... We need to come back to those children. We need to heal what needs to heal. And we need to be ready to be healed too. I see so much in, I've been in spiritual community for a very long time now. And there's a lot of bypassing that goes yeah. on. And there's also a lot of addiction to the fact that we're wounded. Yeah. When do we get to the place where it actually is just healed? Do we get there? Do we get to the place where I don't have to go sit in another ceremony? I don't have to do this. I don't have to keep right. like excavating. Right, right? that's yes, what I'm saying. Yes, we do get there. If, our ego doesn't get attached to being uh, someone who's healing. 
Right. We can actually get to a place where we're healed. So powerful. So <laughs> many people are, I'm like, I'm on this healing journey. I was like, whoa, what's it been like? Well, for the past 10 years, I'm like, 10 years healing journey? I was like, you ain't healed yet? I was like, you need to come back to yourself now, today, like, yes. because it's true. The work that you do, the work that I do, people came back to themselves today. This is, the, and this is what I say. I was like, your healing is here. It's like, it's been here. You know, I say it's like a pot of gold with some lead blankets that we're just revealing. And it's like, oh my God, it's been here the whole time. I've been on this journey. It's not even a journey. You're just running in circles thinking it's linear, right? So that's just the, that's just the stuff. But look, now you've piqued everyone's interest. What is the vocal transformation uh, method like? So the vocal transformation method works through the entire chakra system from the time that you're conceived until you're, well, the first round of it would be until you're 14, and then it continues, right? But the the method, and the I have an online course coming out on March 21st. Yeah. It's incredible. First day of spring, new moon. We're going to, like, birth this beautiful baby to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have retreats that I run, and I work one-on-one. And we are doing um, basically a rebirthing. It's a rebirthing. You are going from, you're telling your story, kind of like the one you'd go tell your therapist, yeah. but for the last time. I love that. And you come in, you learn about what's going on in each of those chakras. You learn how to use your voice to go into those areas, to heal the body, to get access to the full range and resonance of your voice, not just for healing, but for manifesting, for like creating the world differently, for being the healed, right? Not the healing. And you go through this process of finally, like keep what you want to keep. I'm not telling you that you have to become nobody, right? But get rid of all that is holding it back from what it truly wants to be to create, right? And so you learn proper vocal techniques, you learn proper breath techniques, you learn how to use, it's all ancient wisdom. You're you're learning how for centuries and centuries people have been using their voice for a process of healing. I love that. I love that. Listen, I was chanting it like over and over. I was doing hundreds of them, man. My neighbors heard me. At the time I had a roommate. He's like, oh, that's Dr. G chanting again. (laughs) I see him in the kitchen. He's like, I heard you chanting. I was like, hey. He's like, hey. So it's funny. He wanted to start doing it himself too. Yes. Thank you for the contribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's beautiful, your work. I mean- I tell people about it all the time. I know your um, your course on the Swell Score had had already like blown up. There was so many people signed yes. up. So that's I'm just so happy that it's coming out. And, uh, it's it's the same one relaunch or is it a new, a new one? Well, it's uh, two different courses. So we took the same course and we separated into from root to heart, which ah. is the embodied chakras, right. and from heart to crown, so that we can go. It's 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 more um, comprehensive. We've taken it so that everyone could go really in and get it, get it, get it. And it's important that you do the embodiment first, so what we've been talking about today, so that you can get the spirit in the body. And then once you do that, you can create the life. I love that. Powerful. So everyone go check it out. Uh, highly recommend. Find your damn voice, man. This is the biggest thing. Listen, the work that I do, it is voice, 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 voice. It has to be voice. It can't not be voice. The voice is so powerful and we're so just unconfident and lost and stifled with our voice. But the irony, it's already here. And a beautiful thing is you're just leading people to remember who they are. And I love you for that. Thank you so much, Marin, for coming on the show. Number two, next time you come back to LA from Costa Rica, we'll do number three. Fantastic, looking forward to it.